What's up? It's Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Thanks for listening to the Under the Hood podcast presented by Coors Light. Stay inside and buy your Coors Light online. Find out how at get.coorslight.com. Coors Light, take time to chill. Front office insider Bobby Marks is with us on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. And Bobby, we have been sort of like humming along here, you know, every single week. It seems like, hey, NBA's getting back. It's going to happen. We got all the details, Orlando, Bubble City, playoff format. And then the news breaks the last day or so that, you know, Kyrie Irving raised some questions to players on a Zoom call this week and made some comments on a call with some union members that maybe now would not be the best time for these players to sort of walk away from all their social activism and go play basketball in the bubble at the end of July. Um, do you think that is a real possibility that some players might might not want to go in and, and finish the season because of what's going on and maybe the, the, the differences they feel like they can make by, by being maybe more on the front lines with everything going on in this country? Yeah, I, I mean, I think you, you've seen that in the last couple of days here where there are certainly a a faction of players um, who have, you know, concerns with a lot of different issues. Um, you know, there's landmines with, you know, the whole campus bubble environment that um, players are going to have to realize as far as what they're entering into, as far as, um, you know, once you're in, um, you know, you don't have much flexibility as far as leaving that area. Um, the injury concern, the social justice um you know, reforms that, that everybody is wanting to do. Um, I, I understand there's a lot of concerns there. I think with Kyrie, it's it's interesting just because, you know, Kyrie was on a call um, a month ago with the commissioner, asked a few questions during that. Um, you know, the commissioner kind of gave him uh, a, the background of the economic loss. Kyrie was on a call last Friday when there was a vote for um, – with the union, you know, he's the vice president, and it was 28-0. Um, there wasn't any discourse then. And then all of a sudden, within the last couple couple days, now all of a sudden his voice has become a lot louder here. And, you know, they had to conference the call last night. And I, I certainly understand, you know, that players have the right to choose and the right to voice as far as whatever they how they see fit. But as I said last night, you know, there is an economic fallout that would set this league back in a long, a long time. And, you know, there was 80 players on the call. All 434 got invited. So there was 350 players that decided not to be on that call last night. Bobby, how valuable is a Lloyd's of London insurance policy for a player during this COVID-19 yeah, so, you know, Woj wrote uh, a little while ago that there's a group of five players. It's the rookie extension class for the summer, which is Jason Tatum, Donovan Mitchell, Bam Adebayo, De'Aaron Fox, and I believe Kyle Kuzma. And they're, and that's a legitimate concern as far as players who have not, you know, not done much since mid-March. Um, now we are basically going to have to get a restart here, train for the next month, um, get into the shape they were once in, um, and now – play and players like that are looking at to take out you know what the cost of a um they call it a value diminishing policy um insurance policy it's expensive guys though i mean i i was making calls um the other night it was talking with agents and the, and the agents said yeah i mean we can do it players don't want to pay that <laughs> you know players don't want to pay 500 a five hundred thousand dollar premium 
in a, in a four or five month period because it's coming out of their own pocket. And I think that's where you saw them going to the player association and the, and the league as far as what they could do there. So I understand it's, there is a significant risk. It's almost like that, um, you know, that college football player that's going to go play in a, in a bowl game. That's not the national championship, but here's a little bit different though, because these guys are making four or $5 million, but it's more about protecting their, um, long-term, um, you know, money as far as when, when they do sign that extension uh, this summer or a new contract in, in 2021. We're talking with ESPN NBA front office insider Bobby Marks with Dickerson and Hood on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. To go back, Bobby, what you were talking about before, what would be the impact if, let's say, that, you know, enough players decide that, hey, we don't want to do this, you know, we don't want to, for whatever reasons we may have, you know, enter the bubble city and play and the league somehow, some way, doesn't get restarted this summer. What would that do to the sport of basketball going forward if they don't play? I, I honestly don't know if it could recover. I mean, I don't want to sound over dramatic here, but it, I think it would take years to recover because you are looking at, from a player standpoint, you're going to lose 35% of your salary. You're already losing some money here, but it, it was going to some of it was going to be recouped because we're playing games here. So 35% of salary is about $1.2 billion this year alone. You are looking at it from a league standpoint, you're going to lose about $2 billion. Um, what, what the big thing will happen is, is that the force majeure clause will be enacted by the, uh, by the NBA, and what that does is that allows the owners, owners to open up the CBA and you know we could be looking at a, a new CBA for next year and that takes time to negotiate to bargain um, you know that puts 2020 21 at a significant risk here so yeah there is a there is a huge economic um, you know um, fallout here and as I said last night you know Kyrie has made a lot of money in his career and he, he certainly earned it but 72% of the players in this league earn below the average player salary. And it's not like John Smith, who you know works at a, at a food store. Yes, these guys make a lot of money. But there is a majority that are below that average player salary number. Bobby, have you heard from general managers or, or front office people about some of the non-playoff teams that were not included in the 22 uh, that's supposed to go forward? Because Jeff and I have said, I've, I've been – steadfast in belief that I'm ready for 16 teams. Let's start the playoffs. Let's, let's get the ball yeah. rolling because we don't know yeah. if there's going to be a second yep. wave, so let's go. So have you heard from uh, from teams uh, that were disappointed that they were not included? Yeah, I think they were disappointed. From a, I think they understood that the less is better. Um, I think they're disappointed because from a developmental standpoint, some of these younger teams like you know, Cleveland and Atlanta, you know, we stopped playing. We stopped playing in mid-March, and you know, you're not going to be playing again until training camp in, in November. That is a huge layoff, especially mm-hmm. when you look at there's not going to be likely, um, you know, rookie league or you know, fall league here. So, yeah, I think it's a disappointment that um, you know what is going to happen next, and I think that's why you see teams trying to petition for some type of voluntary mini camp or some type of mini camp here. So. Um, there's disappointment, but there's understanding, and I agree with you 100. percent I've been on the on the on board about 16 teams. Um, let's get in, let's get out, and let's play some basketball games and mitigate against risk. And I think the less voices, the better. The less people, the better here. Um, but now we've opened ourselves up to six more um, six more teams. That's 90 more players. That's a lot more staff members that are going to be in uh, in, in this this campus environment. 
Bobby, what about the idea of you got to play a couple of games, regular season games, before you play a playoff game? Because do you want to have your first game back after all these months and have it be a playoff game with that type of intensity and that type of urgency? I mean, would there be a, a big fear of, of guys going out there right away, not being in great shape, getting injured? I mean, how much do you think if you were running a team, would you benefit from a couple of regular season games before you restart the, the playoff tournament? Yeah, I mean, I think certainly from if it was, you know, the 16, you know, team format, which is, you know, not going to happen. Yeah, I would have, you know, certainly been a concern as far as just jumping right into the the, uh, the, the playoff format. And even if we're, there were a couple exhibition games, I think, I think the eight seeding games and even with, the, you know, I guess, two or three exhibition games is kind of a, a runway to allow teams to, you know, kind of figure it out in that two to three week stretch. Although, you know, those teams in that eight to nine range will be fighting to get a the playoff spot here. So um, I, I think, yeah, there, there's certainly a concern as far as from an, from an injury standpoint, but I think you have to remember the union wanted games. <laughs> I mean, the union wanted games to resume if it was eight or nine games, because if they didn't, if they just jumped right into the playoffs, these guys were going to lose, you know, three, $400 million additionally as far as what they already lost. So I think it's from, from both sides. It, I don't think there's a perfect solution to anything here. It, everything is going to make everybody uncomfortable. But I think there's probably a best way to do it. And, you know, the league figured out that 20 team, 22 teams is the best way to do it. Bobby, based on what you've heard, what is the likelihood that we'll get a December 1st starting date for next season and then go through early June? Is that possible? Yeah, that's the next thing, right? <laughs> I mean, it's like it's, go, it's coming in waves here as far as let's get on the court and then we've got to figure out the economics. We've certainly got to figure out what 2021 is going to be look like. And, you know, for, for next year, you have, you know, you're staring down at the Olympics. I know it is a priority for the NBA as far as to send NBA players and certainly players who are playing for their home countries uh, that are not American to play in late July and early, in early August. And it's, and it's all about timing. I mean, if you, if you do 177 day, days from um, December 1, which is the tentative start date, that takes you to mid uh, end of May. And then when you add the playoffs, that takes you into end of July, and that certainly interferes with um, with, with the Olympics. And, and the goal for the league all along for the past couple of years was, how do we get away with, from back-to-backs? How do we get you know load management? How do we kind of reduce that, um, stretch games out? And I think if you do start at December 1st and you 